Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together, we are taking you Inside Disney. Why, hello, Sherry. Why, hello, Jeffrey. Great to see you. It is a lovely day to see you. Actually, it is a miserable rainy day, but <laughs> seeing you is like a ray of sunshine on a cloudy day. Oh, same goes to you, Jeffrey. Mm. What have you yes. been doing? Have you been... Well, it may be gray and rainy and cold and a little miserable outside, but you know where it's an endless summer. On Disney Plus. That's what uh, I've been up to. I watched Miley Cyrus Endless Summer Vacation hashtag Backyard Sessions this weekend. And wow, wow, wow. It's spectacular. From mm. Miley's incredible voice to her outfits to the house, the views. It's all stunning. When she sang The Climb, I was there were tears in my eyes. Oh my gosh. It was great. Highly, highly, highly recommend. It's so good to see Miley on Disney+. Plus. I'm on board with that. I am. Yes. What about you, Jeffrey? What have you been up to? Well, I was over on Hulu because coming up on the show, we have the iconic, the amazing, and the so charming, Carrie Washington. Yay! I have just been such a massive fan of hers forever, and I was kept getting facklemped like chatting with her. I was just like so like, oh, you're so famous. I love you. <laughs> but she was so fantastic, and she is the executive producer and star of the new show, Unprisoned, on Hulu, thirty minute show with her and Delroy Lindo. Actually, on the show, I was honest and I hadn't seen any episodes yet when we were interviewing her. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I saw the trailer. It looks great. Um, but now I've sat down and watched a few of the episodes. She is just so charismatic. I will say it is uh, definitely for mature audiences. There's mm -hmm. a lot of language in there that I think um, we want to make sure that we are uh, aware of before you watch it in front of someone with sensitive ears like our Sherry. Mm, yes, yes. Thank you. As you were saying that, I was like, should you have said charismatic instead of charismatic? So that's where my oh, head's at. <laughs> look at you. Look at you. So stay tuned, listener. Plus, she talks about how she and her family hit every single Disney park at Walt Disney World on New Year's Day. It is quite an adventure. <laughs> Wowie. Yes, but so up good. first, we have a little bit of sad news. Disney legend Rolly Crump passed away at the age of 93. Such an icon and a, and, a, and a bit of a jokester. Anyone who's seen his Legends Plaza plaque will know what I'm talking about. If not, Google it. He was an Imagineer. He worked on so many iconic attractions, the, the Haunted Mansion, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, so many more. He will be missed. You can read all about his wonderful life and his incredible contributions to the Disney legacy at thewaltdisneycompany.com. True legend in every sense. Yep. Well, tis the season, not the holiday season, but award season. Uh, Jeffrey, did you watch the Oscars this weekend? I did watch the Oscars and I thought Jimmy Kimmel was 
fantastic. He was so funny. I thought it was a great show. I was in. I, I mean, yes. some Rihanna. I was, I, and our friend of the pod, Sophia Carson, was amazing. Friend of the pod. Ah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, also amazing is the Walt Disney Company took home two Academy Awards at the Oscars. We've got Ruth Carter, who took home the Oscar for Best Costume Design for Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda mm. Forever. Woohoo! Go, Ruth! She previously won the same Oscar back in 2019 for Black Panther. So that means she has the honor of being the first person to win a costume design Oscar for both an original film and a sequel. So very mm. cool. Congrats to her. Fun fact. And... Avatar The Way of Water took home the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Yay! Yay! Congrats to the winners, to all the nominees. Truly triumphant. And during the Oscars, we all got the first full trailer for The Little Mermaid in celebration of Disney 100. You guys! Wow, I cannot wait for this film. We got first looks at Sebastian, who, as we know, is voiced by David Diggs, Scuttle, who's voiced by Aquafina. And King Triton, who's played by the Oscar winner, Javier Bardem. Mm. I mean, I watched this trailer so many times. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. Really can't wait. It opens in theaters May 26th. And you can pre-order the soundtrack right now and watch the trailer and see the new poster for the film at thewaltdisneycompany.com. Mm. Mm-hmm. And from thingamabobs as combs to thingamabobs as forks, let's talk about the bear. (laughs) FX debuted a teaser trailer for season two of the bear during the Oscars. So the bear is coming back this June to Hulu. And you can see the teaser now at FX Network's YouTube page. This second season is going to be 10 episodes, which is two more than the first season. Get excited Mm. and focuses on the new restaurant's opening. Mm hmm. Nice, nice. Well, another teaser that we saw during the Oscars was for a show that we first previewed back at D23 Expo last summer, and it looked amazing then. It looks even more amazing now with some of these incredible finished effects. American-born Chinese starring newly minted Oscar winners Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hui Kwan. It looks in credible mm-hmm. we talked about it a while ago but for those who who don't know it's based on a graphic novel about a teen who uh, after meeting a new student on the first day of the school year ends up caught in a battle between mythological gods sounds like any thursday to me <laughs> ain't that the truth you can catch the trailer now at the disney plus youtube page and looking forward to may 24th when it premieres Sticking with the Oscar theme, also on Oscar Sunday, an Oscar winner's first appearance in a teaser trailer for Only Murders in the Building came out. Yes, I am talking about none other than the Grand Dame of the Academy Awards, Meryl Streep. I I just made up that title for her. I'm sure there's other people who (laughs) would be in the running for that, but... We knew she was going to be on the new season of Only Murders in the Building. Now we get to uh, see a glimpse of her, and she is funny. So she is joining, of course, the series regular Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. And as revealed in the final episode of the second season, Marvel Cinematic Universe favorite Paul Rudd is also joining the show. You can actually catch the full trailer now at the YouTube page. And I had to watch it twice just because I was laughing so hard (laughs) at Meryl's line. There is nothing she can't do. That's true. 
Well, just when you thought we were done talking about trailers, National Geographic, we got a trailer for Wildlife. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. This is the latest documentary film from Academy Award winning directors of Free Solo, Chai Vassarelli and Jimmy Chin. So this documentary spotlights Christine Tompkins and her husband, Doug, and their epic decades spanning love story as they left behind the world of their massively successful outdoor brands that they helped pioneer. Maybe you've heard of them. Patagonia, The North Face, Esprit, just, you know, little brands. They turned their attention to their visionary effort to create national parks throughout Chile and Argentina. So you can learn all about their entrepreneurial and conservation work when wildlife opens in theaters this April and following the theatrical release, you can stream it on Disney Plus in May. And now you can see the trailer at the National Geographic YouTube. Oh my gosh, we're just never going to leave YouTube except to go to the Disney <laughs> Parks blog to see... The stunning concept art just revealed for Lighthouse Point. Now, speaking of conservation, Lighthouse Point, we've talked about it before. I'm ready to go. It is the new island destination that Disney Cruise Line guests will have the opportunity to visit starting next summer, summer 2024. Mark it on your calendars. And the island's really been designed with this whole look toward conservation and sustainability. In fact, 90% of the destination's electricity needs are going to be met by an on-site solar array. So wow. all sorts of really thoughtful design elements that are as practical as they are beautiful. The buildings have a whole shell-like look to them. Go to the Parks blog now, look at the beautiful concept art, and of course, the adult beach, which is pretty much where you're going to be able to find me from the moment I can get off the ship till the moment I have to get back on the ship. <laughs> yes. But between now and then, you know what it's time for. What could it be time for? It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jeffrey, what's up first? Well, I got to put a call into my niece, Dylan, because there's a new episode of Big City Greens on Disney Channel this Saturday, March 18th. And in one, Cricket discovers lake life brings out Bill's fun love inside. So mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing what that fun-loving side looks like. <laughs> well, also on Saturday, we've got two new episodes of Kiff, but really it's like four new episodes because each episode's two episodes. So there you oh my go. Gosh. It's like exponential episodes. Exponential episodes starting at 8.30 a.m. on Disney Channel and Disney XD, including an episode called The Five Pigeons of the Acapella Apocalypse. <laughs> say that that's a great back. name i'm very really on board is. with that i'm very <laughs> very on board well also on saturday the 18th at one o'clock on freeform why not catch the third installment in the pirates of the caribbean series pirates of the caribbean at world's end where will and elizabeth join forces with barbosa to free jack from davy jones's locker i don't know why davy jones just sort of had an irish accent when i was <laughs> It seemed to make sense. I wasn't going to question it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Also on Freeform, but on Sunday, the 19th at 6.15 p.m., why not catch National Treasure Book of Secrets? The second National Treasure film, of course, starring Nicolas Cage. And then after you're done with that, why not watch 
National Treasure Edge of History, if you have not already watched it on Disney Plus, and then listen to our fabulous podcast episode with Lizette Oliveira. Really, honestly, I'm just trying to bring it all back to the podcast, Sherry. There you go. I mean, that sounds like a pretty jam-packed Sunday if you do all of that, but why not cap off your Sunday with one more thing? Why not? <laughs> American Idol. We've got a new episode at 8 p.m. on ABC. The auditions continue with stops in New Orleans, Las Vegas, and Nashville. Well, on to our guest who needs no introduction, but that has never stopped us. For Disney, we know and love her from her incredible work starring in, producing, and or directing such projects as Scandal, Little Fires Everywhere, Reasonable Doubt, Cars 3, and more. Her new series, Unprisoned, has just premiered from the Onyx Collection on Hulu, and she knows her way around to Disney Park. Please welcome to the show, Carrie Washington. Yay! Welcome to the show. So sweet. Thank you for having me. There's so much to get to. I feel like you've done so much work with Disney. Let's start with Unprisoned. Yeah. The trailer is smart, hilarious. What was the one line that like sold you on this show? So the show is inspired by the life of an incredible woman named Tracy McMillan, and she's an awesome comedy writer and marriage and family therapist and just all around awesome human being and i'm a fan of hers and when i heard that she was writing a show inspired by her life i was intrigued and then honestly i read the script and i realized wow we have an opportunity to really shed light on an entire portion of the population that often gets marginalized in our narratives right there's 80 million people in america with criminal records and those people are all surrounded by family and friends who love them dearly and all of those folks are deeply impacted by the criminal justice system and we're just not telling that story as often as I think we should be given how many of us there are right so we tell lots of stories about people going into prison and what it's like in prison but being a returning citizen and the unique challenges that people face when they become unprisoned and they are trying to unprison their hearts and minds as are their family members mm. That's a real privilege to kind of jump in and tell that story. Mm. I love that. I feel like while you're naturally very funny, you don't do a lot of comedy. What is harder for you, drama or comedy? I don't know. <laughs> it's all a joy and it's all a challenge. I love what I do. I love being able to change it up. And I think I've really loved playing Paige and doing this show because you know, it allows me to use all of the keys on the piano. You know, I mean, I love doing serious dramatic work. Obviously, I've done a lot of that at Disney and elsewhere with Scandal and other opportunities. But I also, you know, one of the most fun weeks of my life was hosting SNL. So it's really fun for me to do material that's like a real dramedy where I have access to the whole piano and I get to play the keys that are right for the scene and for the truth of page in each moment. You know, mm. one of the things I'd heard was that you said Delroy Linto had to play your father. So what was it about him that made him your vision for the role? Yeah, I think one of the most important things about the show is that it's really an opportunity to reimagine how we as a society, as a culture, how we think about formerly incarcerated people. I think we all have assumptions and stereotypes about about who somebody is who was in and out of prison their whole lives. But when you talk to Tracy McMillan and you talk about her real dad, she always says when people meet him, they think, oh my goodness, they say, he's so charming, he's so smart, he's so polite, he's so generous, he's so, just all these incredible superlatives that they were not assuming he would be because he had been in and out of prison her whole life. And so I knew that when we were finding the actor to play Edwin, 
we had to find somebody who was believably a career criminal, but also believably, <laughs> you know, so charming, so smart, so lovable, so delightful, so attractive, so powerful and a bit unable to be vulnerable, right? There were just like a lot of Venn diagrams that had to come together. And when they did, Delroy was in the middle, right? Like he was the guy. And I've always been such a fan of his and been so inspired by his work. And I wanted to make sure that whoever was taking on this role was somebody who we could really play, we could really make each other better, and we could really kind of explore all the complexities of this relationship, of these relationships, right? Because it's as much, Edwin is, his relationship as a father is so important on the show, but also as a grandfather to my son on the show. So he was the guy, I knew he was the guy. And when he said yes, I was like, ah, we have a show. Thank God we have a show now. (laughs) I love that. One of the things you both have in common is you've done voices for The Simpsons. What is it like hearing your voice come out of a character and and seeing it on the show? It's such a trip. It's so much fun. It's so exciting. (laughs) I really love doing it. I love being a teacher. I'm really, for the most part, playing my mother because my mom was (laughs) an elementary school teacher for many decades and then became a professor of education. So that character, her voice, her manner, everything is entirely inspired by my mom. And I love it. It's obviously the comic extension of my mother. And it's just a joy. It's also really fun. You know, a lot of the stuff I do is not age appropriate for my kids, but The Simpsons at least is. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. And are you also executive produced Reasonable Doubt and directed the first episode? I love that you often act in projects that you produce. So what made you decide to produce and stay on the production side for this? Yeah, you know, I love producing because it's kind of like being the Olivia Pope of any set. Like you're there to (laughs) fix the problems and to like make things better and to protect people and to create space for people to soar. So I love producing. It's basically problem solving and creating opportunities. And I guess I started producing the first project that my company Simpson Street produced was actually a film that I made with ABC Studios, ABC Signature for HBO. So part of the Disney family in partnership with HBO called Confirmation, where I played Anita Hill. And that was the first film that I produced. And I felt like it was important for me to produce because my co-producers, they were incredible producers, Michael London and Susanna Grant. But I felt like I had something unique to offer as a black woman in terms of my perspective. And I wanted to make sure that I had a seat at the table and the capacity and capability and agency to really be able to do that. So I came onto that project as an actor and a producer and fell in love with producing with the fixing and problem solving and opportunity building. And I just have not turned back. (laughs) So you've done a couple of projects with Onyx Collective, which may not be a brand that everyone is familiar with. So can you talk about working with Onyx and why you feel it's important? Sure. Onyx is this incredible new initiative within the Hulu family. So obviously within the Disney ecosystem. And the focus is really uplifting and shining a light on creators of color. So, you know, really presenting work to the world that is created by folks of color about our experiences. And it's just a wonderful collective to be a part of and to be able to support other artists who are offering their unique perspectives as people of color and to champion their work as a producer and now an unprisoned as a producer and actor is just so exciting. 
and you mentioned Hulu. You also lit up Hulu in Little Fires Everywhere, <laughs> which I loved. I loved your rapport with Reese on screen, but I really loved your off screen rapport with her. <laughs> what was your dynamic like working together? I mean, there's so much tension between the characters and I just feel like, how do you break from the, like what seemed like a love fest? It's true that love fest is the word. I love Reese Witherspoon with all my heart. I just adore her. Doing that project together was a delight. You know, she's one of the people very early in my career when I knew I wanted to get into producing and start a production company, I called her because she had started Hello Sunshine, but I knew that she had had two production companies before that. And I thought she must have learned some stuff, right? Like she has been iterating and evolving and She's at a point in her producing where she has a lot of wisdom to offer. And so I'm going to ask her for some advice before I go into this overall development deal with ABC. And when I called her and I said, I just want to pick your brain and kind of ask you what mistakes you've made and what you've learned and if you have any advice. And she said, nobody's ever done that before. No other woman has ever called me to do that. I love this. She was like, I have so much to share. I have so much to tell you. And from that moment, we became fast friends. And we always said we were looking for something to do together. You know, we were like, we have to find something. We have to find something. And I'll never forget the day that she emailed me and said, I think I have it. Give me a call. I think I found it. And she had just finished reading Little Fires and she knew she was picking it for the book club. She felt like it would be a fun project to do together. And she was, as she always is, right. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So we cannot talk about your incredible work with Disney and not talk about Scandal. Yeah. Did you have a favorite episode or maybe story from the series? Oh my goodness, I couldn't even begin to pick a favorite storyline or series because it all meant so much to me. Every episode, I mean, I guess there was the fantasy episode where Fitz and Olivia get married that was just so fun to shoot because I knew it would, I knew how thrilled our fans would be with that. That was fun. It really felt like a gift to offer to fans. I love the lawn chair episode. I thought that was really a poignant episode. I love that very first flashback episode, The Trail, which is our episode that was our first window into the past and how this all went down. And Tom Verga, who became our directing producer, directed that episode. That's a really special episode. Obviously, I can't pick one. There's a bunch, but I'm so grateful for every single episode we shot of that show. I'd forgotten about the lawn chair one, but I remember it was so great because it was told in 42 minutes and yet it still felt like such a complete story. Mm. Yeah. Disney. What makes Disney the perfect home for you to tell your stories? You know, I am such a true, true Disney fan. Like the very first movie I ever saw was Fantasia. My dad took me to the theater at the bottom of the city court building in Manhattan to see it when it was re-released in theaters. There's something about this ethos of wishing upon a star of believing in your dreams, in the pursuit of an adventure beyond your reef, if I borrow words from Moana, right? Like that is so core to how I think about life and, and what I think is important about storytelling. I'm a true, true fan of the Disney ethos and this kind of aspirational wish fulfillment that lives in everything that we do. That's not without the full wisdom of the complexity of the history of the company. You know, it's not that you don't go on Disney Plus and occasionally click a movie and get told that there might be racist images or there's not misogyny in the history of how the company has told stories. But I also think even that can be inspiring when you think about Disney being a reflection of 
where culture is at any given time. And that there used to be images that were more limiting for women and more limiting for people of color. And that the company has continued to grow and evolve to be a company where you, again, could click on something that's problematic and where the, the platform invites you to, to have complicated conversations with your family, to being the company that you know, puts the first black woman at the center of a one hour network drama after almost 40 years of not having it. You know, it was ABC Disney that took that risk, quote unquote, when other networks were saying, absolutely not, we're not putting the black woman as number one on the call sheet. A company that has film, you know, the, the Black Panther world and universe that, that like to look at how the company itself continues to grow and evolve and be more inclusive and reflect more wish fulfillment for everyone. I'm just really proud to be a part of that legacy and that journey and to be adding to what that growth and evolution of the company looks like. Mm. And we are so fortunate to have you as part of it. Speaking of a, an animated piece of the history and legacy, you voiced Natalie Certain in Cars yes. 3. Yes, I will tell you that when we're at Disneyland, my kids wait in line until we get the Natalie Certain car. Like we wait for the maroon Natalie Certain car. Or if we see who gets in it and we race each other, but we're definitely <laughs> Cars fans in my family. That's amazing. That's better than any answer I could have hoped for. <laughs> Speaking of the Disney parks, you posted this epic video on Instagram <laughs> on January 2nd about ringing in 2023 with some characters featuring pretty much every Disney character we love. We tried. <laughs> Was that made over one visit? We were there the whole week. We oh had gosh. an epic week at Disney. I also want to say about Cars, which is very special to me, that you know I don't know how many people know that at the end of all the Disney Pixar movies, they list the production babies. And I was pregnant with my son, Caleb, when we made Cars. So my son, Case, is in the production babies for Cars, which I love. Oh, So great. So great. Yeah, so we had this incredible week. I actually was just telling Bob Iger about it because I was really proud as a parent to have put this together with the help, of course, of some extraordinary Disney folks. But we went to all four parks. We may have spent one day at another park that we don't have to talk about on this podcast, but no, we went I, to no all parks four parks. <laughs> <laughs> we went to all four parks. And then on the fifth day, which was New Year's Day. I went with a group of seven kids. Each kid got to pick their favorite ride. And our three elders, my parents and my aunt Daph, got to pick their favorite ride. And we did all 10 rides on January 1st. We ran around all four parks and everybody got to bring in their year sharing their favorite ride with the group. It was insane. It was truly, truly insane and so much fun. It was a five, six day trip my kids will never forget. And I will never forget. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what was your number one? Well, there's so many great rides. I liked experiencing some rides that I'd never ridden before. I grew up on the East Coast, so I grew up going to Disney World, not Disneyland. But I hadn't been to Disney World in maybe 20 years. Really long time. Although we go to Disneyland as often as we can, which is Same. not that often, but as often as we can. <laughs> so I really liked doing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs because that was a new ride to me. That was a ride that my dad did three times in a row, I think, on oh. January 1st. Sitting next to my dad on Splash Mountain, because you know the Splash Mountain in California is one per row, but you get to sit in pairs in Florida. So I got to sit with my dad for Splash Mountain in the front row, epic. But I think the Avatar ride, the, the mm, new- Flight of Passage, yeah. That Flight of Passage. 
I mean, this might sound cheesy. That ride we all agreed is truly a spiritual experience. It's really breathtaking. Yeah. My mom said something similar, so I yeah. think it is a common feeling. Yeah. It's amazing. It yeah. is. Well, everyone knows that along with being an incredible actor, director, producer, creator, you are a fashion icon. Minnie Mouse, also a fashion icon. <laughs> so we need to know, have you ever exchanged tips or maybe gone shopping together? I feel like we have to figure that out. That hasn't happened yet. She did come to our brunch when we were in Disney World in a fabulous little tennis outfit. Really super cute fit. Her sunglasses were her bow. I was all about it. Oh. Um, it was really sweet. But I haven't, no, I don't have any personal shopping experience with Minnie, but we might have to work that into my future. I like that. And hers. Oh, of course. I like this. I like where this is going. You were talking a bit about Fantasia being very inspirational. How has Disney's legacy of storytelling impacted your own work? You know, what we try to do at my company, Simpson Street, is we really try to affirm the idea that every single one of us is the protagonist of the story of our lives. We are each the hero at the center of our own journey. And nobody should be living life as a supporting character all the time. We can always make the choice to be a supporting character in other people's lives, and we should often be of service in that way. But that should be a choice. We should know that fundamentally, we are the protagonists in the story of our lives. And we have that power to be the hero of our own journey. And what I love about the Disney ethos is that idea gets lived out again and again in narrative over narrative. You see so many different kinds of protagonists of different ages and races, whether the protagonist is a toy, like a literal toy in a toy story, or your protagonist is a princess, or your protagonist is a chief, or your protagonist is a car <laughs> that like that you, we see these stories again and again that affirm the idea that so many different kinds of people places and things are heroes and it opens up our idea about who matters and who doesn't and again really affirms the idea that we all each of us matter so it's been really fun for me to live in a world where i so gravitate towards the disney narratives and storytelling and where it's been such a huge part of my life because I think it's the perfect place for my company to be because it really you know what we do at Simpson Street is so in alignment with that overall Disney idea of the heroes are all of us and we are all heroes and we all get to adventure and we all get to wish and we all get to live boldly toward the fulfillment of our dreams because we all deserve it. No matter who we are or where we're born or who we love or what race we are, or what zip code we come from, each of us deserves that. Well, sadly, we are at the end of the interview. I, I could talk to you all day. Oh, we end every interview with the same question. Okay. You as a Disney fan may have a tough time with this. <laughs> what is your favorite Disney memory? Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> who could answer that? There's so many. Oh, I think I would have to say it was this trip that I just took with my family. I think there was a moment, you know, I was really terrified because Epcot Center gets so crowded on New Year's. And I was like, I cannot lose a child in this park. <laughs> like, I'm, we have all these kids and I wanted to make sure, I mean, I know that actually the the systems in place at Disney are incredible for kids who get separated from their parents, but I wanted to make sure that we all stayed together. And so I bought these light up 
ears for all the kids to have. And I, you know, ordered like neon, the glow stick necklaces and glow stick bracelets so that at least if my kids were fluorescent, I could find them in the sea of people. And I just have this memory of walking through the park with my husband, counting all the light up neon children and just seeing them like giddy with joy. Just everybody was so filled with joy. And to start the new year with that much joy and magic and electricity and togetherness was really, really special. It's a trip none of us will ever forget. Love that. Thank you so much. Congratulations on Unprisoned, on everything, on just being you. Mm. And hopefully we will get to see you again on the show. And yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Sherry, I just I just want to be best friends with her and go to every Walt Disney World theme park with her. Uh, me too. Carrie and Sherry and Jeffrey. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I don't like how I became third in that. but <laughs> But anyway... Thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, we'll just hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.